Hot cross vibes, talk of the talk of the office today, Amgen Wells. Hot cross buns, and you know what? I'm pleasantly surprised that it's late March that we that this chat is starting. Yeah. Sometimes it's in February, and <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's your? How, how do you feel about? Or should I not ask? Oh, I love a hot cross bun. I made some two years ago from scratch. You can answer this question for me. What What is the cross made of? I don't remember. They were so young. Do you like them? I can make you some this year. Ah, oh, they're okay. They're okay. I can take or leave them. I, I, I'm all, I, I like them if they have a swimming pool of butter in the middle. Kia ora, this is Newsable. I'm Emil. <laughs> I'm Imogen. And this is what's worth talking about. Is TikTok too big to ban? The company's boss is fronting up to Congress in the US to defend his app as governments around the world order it off official phones. Is a male contraceptive pill on its way? New research says yes, and that men would be willing and actually keen to take it. Gwyneth Paltrow may be more famous for her bone broth, wellness, and steaming things, but now she's in court charged with running someone over on a ski slope. We're going to break that down for you. And it's time for another round of... Fun Fact Friday. It's uh, the score standing at one all at the moment, deadlocked. I am the reigning champion. Yes, though. well, yes, you are the champion at the moment. Uh, very much at the moment, however. Could change, could change in a matter of minutes, in fact. We've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz slash support. The question over whether TikTok is being used by the Chinese government to spy on all of us is big and it is complicated. It is both of those things. (laughs) Uh, Governments the world over have banned officials from having the app on their phones, which raises questions really about whether any of us should. Today in the US, TikTok CEO will front up to Congress to defend his company and do his best to calm fears that this is how China is planning to take over the world. Sarah Morrison is a journalist at Vox who covers data privacy and she's with us now. Sarah, why is the TikTok CEO in front of Congress? Here in the States, there's a lot of uh, suspicion that TikTok you know, has ties to the Chinese government. Uh, you know, China may be using it to spy on us, push misinformation or propaganda on, on American users. So they're basically he's being called to probably make TikTok's case for why it should continue to uh, still exist here. Sarah, can you actually realistically see TikTok being banned in the US? Like lots of people make their livings through TikTok now. If you asked me this a year ago, I would have said there's absolutely no way uh, it's not going to happen. I Still feel that way almost, but I do see absolutely a possibility. Um, but like you said, it, it's 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 a it's a really extreme move. This is a country that's you know all about free speech. We have the Constitution that says it. So when you ban something that's used for communication and media and for a lot of people to spread political speech, it's just a really extreme thing. It's unprecedented. Um, so yeah, I can see it happening. I think. But man, you know, I think we need more than what we have right now in terms of evidence for why it should. Well, let's let's get into that because I I guess bringing this back to its core, is there evidence that TikTok is actually being used for nefarious purposes, or is it kind of like, well, it's capable of whatever any other social media company is capable of, but it's owned by China? I, I think that's I think that's the the problem is that it is a social media platform collects a ton of data about its users. So do all the other ones. The thing that seems to make it unique is that it is owned by a company that's in China, and you know China has laws that say you know the government can compel businesses to uh, cooperate with it. So the whole thing we've seen is that 
China could ask ByteDance, the owner of TikTok, to access U.S. user data, you know, give them whatever they want, push various kinds of misinformation, propaganda, whatever on U.S. users influence their thinking. Um, in terms of evidence of that actually happening, we don't have that, at least not that I know publicly. Um, and I think, honestly, you need more than potential uh, to take something away from, at this point, 150 million users in, in, in just in America, I think over a billion in the world. But you know, we're talking about America at this point. Will there also be a focus from Congress on uh, the app promoting disinformation and manipulation as well? And yeah, I actually think that will that will be a major focus. Um, it, it, the conversation really started around data collection and, and like spying or surveillance, and then as time goes on, we've seen that uh, that propaganda thing sort of creep in and become more and more of a focus because that's a lot more that that's sort of a lot more insidious in a lot of ways. You can't really prove something's happening, and TikTok's algorithm, I don't know if you've ever used it, it you know, it is really quite powerful. <laughs> so you can see like the potential there. Absolutely. It's just that we don't see or know that there's actual. Thank you so much for your time, Sarah Morrison from Fox. New Zealand government employees, interestingly, are involved in this. They have seven days to delete TikTok from their phones. The deadline's next Friday. That's interesting, isn't it? Indeed. They were given to the end of the month about a week ago. And, you know, people who have a TikTok habit, it could be hard to, to break it. So good luck to them. Here's a great line for the ladies. Men want the pill and they're ready to use it responsibly. That's an actual headline on a new story about new research into whether a contraceptive pill is something men could start taking. Now, there is a lot of work going into developing contraceptives used by men. The most recent, which has been tested, and I don't know how, only on mice, uh, found a way to stun sperm for a couple of hours, rendering them useless. Uh, but it's still a long way off being used in humans. So given women have had the pill since the 60s, why has this taken so long? Staff's health reporter Hannah Martin's been investigating. And Hannah, why isn't this research further along? Yeah, that is the million-dollar question on the lips of probably most women in the world, I'd say. Uh, so there are a couple of things at play. Biology is one. Uh, so typically, women release one egg a month. Uh, men, on the other hand, can produce up to 50 million sperm a day. So finding something to uh, interrupt that process is a lot easier for women than it is for men. Uh, then we get down to the dollars and cents. So that's a, another part of the problem. Uh, historically, uh, a market for a male contraceptive product that's not a condom or a vasectomy, typically the interest in that has been small and therefore the funding allocated to that has also been small. If there isn't the money for research to happen, it doesn't happen. Now, that's not to say that work isn't being done. Uh, people have been trying to do something in a male birth control pill space for decades, but it's it's obviously not on a par with what we've seen happen for women. That um, contraceptive that was tested on the mice, do we know what the side effects or the possible side effects of that were? So I'm not sure about that one specifically. I know with um, some hormonal contraceptives that they've tested in men, uh, things have come up like uh, depression, weight gain, loss of libido, uh, erectile problems. Um, so things which, you know, when you say them in a sort of shopping list like that, sound pretty bad. But they're also what women deal with <laughs> When they take the pill. Yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, that's... So, yeah, that where have I heard this before? That is the in the room, yeah. absolutely. Any woman or any person who has a period and takes uh, contraceptives to try and 
prevent pregnancy will be very familiar with those side effects and, and more. The thing that I found interesting about this was um, it's not just pills that are being mooted as sort of a delivery device for this, right? Like d- d- gels as well? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, a really interesting trial in the US which is looking at the use of a gel applied to the shoulder blades every day. The shoulder blades. the bla- outside? <laughs> Sorry, hang on. You got. It's not exactly where you would expect a contraceptive gel to be placed on the body. <laughs> I will give you that. But yes, they are. They are looking at a gel rubbed into the shoulder blades once a day. Wow. Hmm. Sounds like what you'd take a like a bit of deep heat after you've done those like weird lat pull downs at the gym too hard. A moisturizer or something. How random. Yeah, you'd want to not confuse those. Yeah. Two, I, <laughs> I mean, you talked about there's not been much interest in people wanting this previously and that's why the research is so slow and then the funding. But is there, is there worry that men won't take a contraceptive if it's made for them? I think a big component of it is trust. You know, um, women or people with the capacity for pregnancy, because of course it's, you know, we're, we're talking about different groups here, a big group. From the time you get your period and you're sexually active, you know that there is a risk that you could get pregnant if you are not taking some form of contraceptive. The stakes are different. The stakes, I'd say, are, are lower for men. You know, not getting someone pregnant versus not becoming pregnant yourself are different things. And so one of the things that has come up in studies time and again is because the responsibility is different, the burden is not the same. And so will women actually trust men um, in a, you know, being very you know, normative no, no, no. here I, I the point, to, yeah. to actually do this? Hannah Martin, health reporter for stuff. Thank you very much for your time today. Appreciate it. Kia ora, I'm Adam Blair. I played the great game of rugby league for the Storm, Tigers, Broncos and the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. Blairy and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and of course everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories too. Well, if we can make them fit. We'll make time. Okay. League of Our Own with Blairy and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that. You can listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcasts. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals. Mate, your your stories are way too long, eh? Nah, we've got to take them on a journey. <laughs> oh, the journey. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs>Oh, you know, there's news stories that you see maybe on the Daily Mail and you kind of know that you shouldn't dive into this, but then you just can't help yourself. This is one of those. Um, What's the headline, Imogen? Gwyneth Paltrow in court over skiing accident. Oh, give it to me. Click, click, click. Click, 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 Take click, Take my click. click, exactly. Please, I can't wait to get the little Google chips in our brain so I can just already, when I wake up, that headline is there. Excited though, Imo and I are about this story. There is someone in the newsable team who is even more excited, who is incandescent with excitement, and that is producer Jono. He has been banging on about this non-stop. I think it was the first thing that he said to me when I got in this morning, Imo. Yeah, so we had to lead him on. Producer Jono. Break it down for us. What's happened here? This story has been giving me absolute life and I need it 
like I've never needed anything before. In 2016, Gwyneth Paltrow and the man in question, who's a retired optometrist called Terry Sanderson, they collided on a ski slope in the US state of Utah. It's a place called Deer Valley, which is known for, and I quote, it's groomed runs, après ski champagne yurts, and posh clientele. I know, it sounds bougie, right? Very Gwyneth. Après ski champagne yurts. What Get a me sentence. into a champagne yurt sooner than immediately. <laughs> anyway, both of them claim that they were hit from behind in the incident, which is weird because that physically can't be possible. Um, <laughs> and both of them say it was the other one's fault. Now, the rule in Utah that whoever was further down the hill has the right of way but it's not clear who that was at the moment. And that's likely to be a big part of any testimony that the court actually hears in this case. Jono, this is in America where, you know, you can make a fortune through suing someone. So how much is at stake here? So this has been dragging on now for for like seven years. And Sanderson initially sued Gwyneth Paltrow for $3 million, claiming he suffered serious injuries, including a brain injury. And it's had a detrimental effect on his life for the entire time since. That case was thrown out by a judge. And He's now claiming $300,000 in damages, which is likely far less than what the entire process has cost so far. Paltrow is countersuing him for $1, saying that the real damage for her is to her reputation, and she's just trying to clear her name and say she didn't run an old man over while she was on skis. How will this all play out in court, Jono? So it's a jury trial, so it's up to those 10 people to decide which side is telling the truth. It's and set- so all they're trying to decide here is who hit who? They're trying to decide whether Gwen Gwyneth Paltrow ran over an old man while she was on skis, or whether the old man ran over Gwyneth Paltrow while he was on skis. It's bonkers. It's American. I'm obsessed. Um, The trial is set down for one week, but we haven't had a witness list released, so we don't know how many witnesses they're going to call. And with a jury trial, who knows how long it'll take for them to come to a decision. But really, after seven years of legal wrangling, another couple of days is not going to make a huge difference to anyone here, I don't think. Producer Jono Williams, thank you very much for your time and your insights today. All right. It's the end of our Friday episode. It's the best time of the week. Which means it's time for... Fun Fact Friday. What happens in Fun Fact Friday, Imogen? Remind me, I've forgotten. Every Friday, both of us come to the podcast recording studio armed with a fact that we find fun and we're trying to out-fun fact each other. And then it's up to you, our newsable listeners, to head to our Instagram or get in touch over email if you don't have Insta and vote on who you think has the funnest fact. Um, you, you won last week, but the score is at one all at the moment. Um, as the reigning champion, the defending champion, would you like to go first? Thank you so much for asking um, and for reminding us all who is currently the champion uh, once again. Uh, why not? Okay. Are you ready? Go for it. The Scots have a word for that panicky hesitation you get when you can't remember someone's name. Oh. They call it tartle. Tartle. So, there you go. Are you a good names person? No, I should be, given my job uh, is talking to people. Um, terrible. That's a good one, tartling. Okay. Tartle, yeah. Yeah, that's a good fun fact. I like that fun fact. Well done. Thank you very much. It's very kind of you. Uh, your turn. Yeah, okay. So my one is about um, beloved sitcom star Tim Allen. Remember Tim Allen? Uh, home Improvement? Okay, well, here's a fun fact about Tim Allen. Beloved um, Tim the Tall Man Taylor from the Home Improvement TV show, uh, sitcom star, wholesome figure of American entertainment. Uh, Tim Allen in 1978 was arrested for trafficking 650 grams of cocaine. Uh, he was facing something like 25 to 30 years in jail, and uh, he avoided... 
uh, that lengthy jail sentence by narking on the other dealers. Um, he was paroled in 1981. He has a magnificent mugshot. I'm sending it to you right now. Uh, please give me a live reaction. <gasps> oh, I I am partial to a young Tim Allen, I think. He looks good. He looks very good. Yeah. Yeah. That hair looks freshly washed. The moustache as well. That also, didn't realise Kalamazoo was a real place. <laughs> is that a place in Michigan? Um, so, yeah, there you go. Tim Allen, convicted drug dealer, avoided uh, jail time by knocking on um, his colleagues. And the Scots have a word for that hesitation you get when you can't remember someone's name. Tartle. Magnificent. Now it's up to you. We're handing that over to you. Those are two fun facts. Please get in touch via Instagram or email to let us know who has won this week's Fun Fact Friday. There's news for today. Uh, I'm Emil Donovan. And I'm Imogen Wells. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on your favourite podcast player and leave us a rating or review. It helps other listeners discover the show and we'd really, really appreciate it. You can also follow us on social media to stay up to date on new episodes and behind-the-scenes content and all things newsable. No cocaine, though. Uh, you can find us on Insta, TikTok and YouTube by searching Newsable NZ. Have a great weekend. We'll chuck up that photo of Tim Allen. Everyone needs to see it. Everyone needs to be treated to that here. This pod took time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support.